All right. Hey, everyone. Um, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Mindful Steward podcast. Um, I haven't been at this for a little while now. Just been taking a bit of a break to kind of focus on some other projects that I had. And um, I'm excited to get back at it. I have been thinking about it for a while and finally just randomly deciding to record this little mini episode. I think it's something I want to experiment with is just recording little chats with people. Uh, This one's just going to be myself, but it's going to be just a little topic just to get me back in the swing of things about a topic that I've written a lot about on my website and on Medium. um, And it's just the theme of of overstimulation. Um, I think there are a lot of people in our world who are starting to think about this more and more. Uh, we live in a society where there's more stimuli than humans, as far as we know, have ever come across before. Uh, you know, we see tons of ads every day. We're on our phones for hours. Um, we look at media constantly, um, unless you have maybe a good old fashioned job where you're working in a forest doing your good hard day's work. And then you go back into a range where you actually are using technology again, Um, and I'm not bashing that. I think that's awesome. I remember when I spent a lot of time up North working, your mind ends up so clear from being detached from those things. But, um, yeah, unless you're doing that kind of work, you probably live in a scenario somewhat like myself where I live in a big city and I'm constantly looking at my phone and I work on a computer and unless I take diligent you know, actions and I'm very careful about what I let into my um, brain, I guess. Uh, You know, there's a lot of impact that this actually has on our lives that I think a lot of people might not consider. Um, Some of you are maybe just as deep as I am, but I just have a really keen interest in psychology and that's really what brought me to meditation and mindfulness in the first place. Um, So, Uh, I've been kind of contemplating having this recorded, um, for a little while now, but I was recently, um, listening to a YouTube video, uh, from a guy named A. Angel, and it's mostly male-oriented content, which I love. Uh, I think there's a lot of, a lack of men teaching other men how to be powerful and masculine in, you know, a manly way. I think those are really how us guys feel confident and happy and actually progress in in a way that makes us feel constructive and, and, you know, confident. So, uh, I love his content, but, um, I think if you're a woman, you might not necessarily view it the same way that I do, but regardless, um, he put out similar to maybe what I'm doing now, but just a little episode talking about how, um, he recently learned the biggest lesson, uh, that he's come across in a long time. And, He just mentioned one quote that really kind of struck me and made me want to record this. And it was that basically, if you don't spend enough time alone focusing on yourself and not only yourself, but literally just in solitude where you can kind of listen to the thoughts in your mind and listen to your intuition and get kind of in touch with that, then probably what you're doing is just consuming and consuming and consuming content and, you know, substances and people who are outside of you. And 
not only does that just create a habit of craving external things and a craving external validation to kind of fulfill yourself, it actually makes you become a product of your environment because you become shaped by all the things that you are viewing and watching and you become what are the biggest influences in your life. So for everyone who's watching dramatic like gossip TV and I don't know, which is stressful and highly intense, you, you know, just be aware of like what you're internalizing with, with that, you know. Um, I'm not perfect. So this is like my content is never to preach. This is just me on my, my journey of discovering all these things and con contemplating all of them. But I think that is such a powerful thought in general. It's just like, what are you consuming? What, what kind of friendships are you partaking in? Because you're, it's like that old quote from, I can't even remember who it's from. It might be Marcus Aurelius or someone along, somebody from that time, but that you are basically the culmination of the five to 10 people that you spend the most time with. And it's a similar notion to that, but uh, I think this thought is just a really cool concept to debate and consider when it comes to all of this new science around literally overstimulation and what it does to the human brain on a physical capacity. So um, I'm not a scientist here. I have heard this and read this and listened to many audiobooks that talk about this phenomenon. But in our world, we you know, we consume Instagram and we consume all these, these platforms and social media um, platforms. And what we're not really considering is that on the other end, you know, over at the Facebook office, I don't know this for sure, but, you know, there's a lot of people who have came out of the company saying this. You know, they have a team of psychologists over there devising plans and, you know, evil structures of how exactly they're going to make their buttons look and how they're going to make the, the sound, um, what the sound is going to be when a notification pops up on your screen while you're on the platform. Um, every little thing is like studied and calculated so that it's more addictive for the human mind. And what that does for the human mind is it gives us these, these boosts of serotonin and dopamine and in an unnatural way. So what that ends up doing for the human mind is it, it causes it to go out of balance. And um, this is something that I'm not going to go into the whole porn thing, but let's be realistic. You know, it's a topic that a lot of people don't want to face and look at seriously because it's so taboo, but it's a huge situation in our society where tons and tons of men are, you know, wasting their masculine energy by just watching porn. And it's the same thing, you know, these men get an, a mass, well, I'm, there are women as well, but they get a massive boost of testosterone. Oh, I mean, I don't know if it's a boost of testosterone. I think it's a use of testosterone, probably not the best use, but they get a massive boost, like an unnatural boost of, of like brain chemicals that, you know, even oftentimes like normal sex doesn't even provide that. And what it does is like it creates an addiction in, in the brain, just like heroin, just like some really scary substances do. So, uh, yeah, I kind of came across a bunch of men, a bunch of content about men who were, you know, boycotting porn because it was making them feel amazing. They, they basically, you know, 
if you're a guy who's come across this content, you know what I'm talking about. These guys say that they feel like Superman compared to who they used to feel like when they were watching porn. So, um, yeah, I really like dove into that. And then the overstimulation, um, interest kind of has expanded as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, we spend a lot of time on social media and, and what that is doing is it's causing a lot of things within the human brain as well. You know, the addictions, the, the out of balance brain chemicals, you know, healthy, balanced minds in a natural way don't have mental issues quite the same uh, to the way that we are seeing in society right now. Um, and in particular, in the younger individuals who are actually growing up with social media every day, it's like a really normal thing. Every hour of the day is spent on or involved in social media or thinking about it. And it's, I don't know, is it a coincidence that we're seeing a generation that has the highest rates of anxiety and depression and, and are taking pharmaceuticals at a young age to try and put their brains back in homeostasis or into balance, whatever you, whatever terminology you want to use. To me, that's a really scary thought. And yeah, to, so I'm not going to dive too much into one particular topic of this, but one of the things that really has kind of really intrigued me is this concept of hypofrontality. So not only do these platforms really trigger, you know, uh, adverse side effects mentally, they, and by the way, like these are, these things have been researched. I'm not just kind of drawing conclusions. I wish I was sitting here with all the resources I've ever came across so that I could reference them for those, um, you know, reference people who need that kind of information. But yeah, like, these things like anxiety, depression, ADHD, these things are all being linked back to overstimulation. So they're being linked directly to porn, hours spent on social media, um, the specifically more addicting social media platforms. And this is due to the phenomenon of hypofrontality partially. So what these platforms do and these bursts of brain chemicals and this like need for instant validation that we are trained to require uh, it's basically it's lowering the strength so of our frontal lobe and hypofrontality is like you know your frontal lobe is not as I wish I knew the brain terminology here as well again I'm not really this is something I'm just on the fly wanting to talk about but there's there's a specific terminology. I think it's that um, the the activity in your frontal lobe is much less pronounced. Either that or it's something along the lines of all um, a healthy brain has activity kind of sparking all around it. And people who are more addicted to social media or who are overstimulated tend to have more action just in the frontal lobe. I think that might be the case. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's literally training the, the physiology uh, or the, the, you know, the makeup and the way that our brains are structured, the way that we are consuming, um, consuming things in our world. And so I've, I've recently really come across, this is literally where my, my giant interest in meditation has emerged. I've kind of really realized that, uh, through reading, I haven't realized I've learned, um, and now I'm experiencing it firsthand, which is really why I've, I've dove in, dove in for like head first, but you know, if you're a skinny person because you maybe haven't exercised a whole lot in your life, 
and then you start going to the gym and lifting very heavy weights and eating well, your muscles grow. And what those bigger muscles on your arms enable you to do is to lift up heavier objects and to feel less stress and less strain on your joints as you are doing so. Meditation, whereas people think of it as just sitting down to de-stress and to relax, it does do that. It trains you on how to kind of create that state for yourself, which is a good enough thing on its own. But what it does is it is actually strengthening the parts of your mind. It's strengthening the relaxation centers of your mind. It's strengthening the empathy and compassion centers of your mind if you're doing like an empathy-based meditation. Um, if you're visualizing yourself being confident and solid and having all the things that you want while you meditate, it's strengthening those parts of your brain. It's actually doing what lifting weights does for the body if you're eating well. And I'm assuming, you know, you got to be consuming the right nutrients. Your body, every, the cells are literally making themselves up and duplicating based on what you're eating and putting in it. So of course that there's a nutritional aspect to this part as well. But within the brain, when you have a regular regimen of meditating, it's not a short-term thing like I once believed where we basically, you know, meditate to calm down in that moment because we're stressed out in that moment. It's the long-term game. Whereas when you can focus on being mindful and if you do it daily, um, I mean, I don't know how long it actually takes. I personally have been told in the books that I've read that, you know, ideally you want to do it daily. What is 15 minutes of your life to literally strengthen the parts of your brain that give you the, the things that you want in your life, you know? Everything comes from your thoughts, the way that you look at your, the world. It's just kind of a notion I've really, really thought about recently. But to get back to the point here, meditation, being mindful, you know, taking time to de-stimulate yourself strengthens up those parts of your brain. You know, they thicken the gray matter within your cortex. So what, next time you have a, a stressful moment, not only do you have you practiced de-stressing, your brain is more resilient to that stress. Instead of it automatically going, oh shit, I can't handle this. It probably is going to take a little more of a relaxed approach where, and just kind of help you out in that situation. So overstimulation um, in general is something that I think, let's all just be a little bit more conscious of it. But yeah, I mean, it's not one of those things that is to be shrugged aside. It's something that is actually impacting us quite a lot. Uh, one thing that initially I wanted to record this podcast when Instagram removed the like counts. So I don't know if anyone else saw it this way, but this is what some of my favorite kind of psychologist uh, and mindfulness teachers who I follow were basically preaching was that, okay, have you noticed that these platforms are starting to be forced to... Uh, restructure the way that they appear um, to the average user. One thing that one of my friends said to me a few years ago was, you know, he took a break from social media for I think only two or three weeks and he said it was the best he had felt since registering for Facebook. And it's this, it's a common theme, you know, what he said was 
you know what, like I read a little bit after that, uh, you know, I saw an article in the newspaper, I was reading more, obviously being more productive, came across this cool content. And it said, uh, it was talking about basically all these psychological things that I just was kind of spewing in a little bit of an unorganized fashion a few minutes ago. But he basically said, yeah, you know, I, I didn't really realize like what it, what it does, like why it's making you feel that way, why you like feel addicted and like you need to check your Facebook feed constantly. But I genuinely think that social media is going to be like what cigarettes were 70 years ago. You know, you would talk to your grandparents and they would say, hey, of course I smoked. We all smoked. It was fun and it felt good. And like, we didn't know that it was bad. Nobody thought that it was bad. Everyone did it. And he just kind of said that spontaneously. I brought it up with him a few months ago. He didn't even remember saying it, but it stuck in my brain. And that is basically what we're going through right now. The psychology, the science is coming out about how damaging these these platforms are for our minds, how damaging being overstimulated in general is for our minds. And this is just Instagram trying to cover their ass, if you ask me. They know, they, they're starting to know that the jig is up, you know, society is catching on. This is one of the awesome things about living in a sharing economy where the internet is unpatrolled. It's kind of a beautiful thing. You know, the, people just can't get away with things for forever. So we know what's going on now. And it's just kind of a cool thing to think that we don't have to be the slave to these systems or anything. That might have been a little bit of an aggressive way to put it, but you know, being mindful of how much we stimulate ourselves. It's been said time and time again that we only have a certain amount of mental capacity in a day, mental energy to be, to be like utilizing and, and putting towards things. So there's a lot of people who have basically tried to create models for living because, you know, if you have your models for living set in stone, then it gives you it, then decisions take less energy out of your mind and you can feel calm and relaxed. And this is where a lot of, you know, value systems show up in our society in general. It gives people that ability to be calm and know that they can make decisions on their own and with, with ease. And, um, that's kind of what I think mindfulness is in its own way. It's just, okay, take the time for yourself, you know, listen to your own internal dialogue from time to time. Uh, if you are someone like me, I love a high paced, fast paced lifestyle, I should say, you know, um, I'm an introverted person. I love my alone time. I love taking those moments for myself and I prioritize that. But not only that, like I live downtown Toronto where I feel like I'm constantly socializing, socially working on projects like this, socially connecting with like-minded people very often. And I'm also like very active. Like I don't have much time on the side to chill out, but taking 15 minutes twice a day to meditate has literally changed my life. I don't think I felt stress in like six months, more than maybe three times. And yeah, I mean, I still battle with it. You know, I go on Instagram and I love the visual aspect of it. It really sucks me in. I'm get quite addicted to it, to be totally honest. And I'll just go on a bender for like a week and then fully deactivate it for another week or two. 
um, or delete it off my phone for weeks at a time. All my friends kind of know this and it's a classic complaint to me from them when I don't answer their messages or anything. But yeah, like I just find that I need to do that. It keeps me very sane. It keeps me very, it keeps me much sharper and I feel a lot better when I don't even look at that. I feel much more present. Um, and I think that's really what the whole point of it all is, is to be more present so that we can all enjoy what's going on in the moment right in front of us and be the best in those moments because you know we want to be the best for the people around us we want to make the most impact in our lives so that we can get the most value out of it and be appreciated the the most that we can um at least that's what it is for for me so uh this is my little rant about overstimulation I don't think I'm going to re-listen to this again because it's the first time I've spoken on the mic in maybe four months. I'm just going to post it and you can send me a message and let me know what you think of it. But in the meantime, I'm really putting a lot more focus onto my website. I'm kind of realizing that I'm starting to rank higher and higher with Google and there's a good opportunity for me there. So some of the writing I've been doing, Um, I'm planning on revamping that up and I've got a whole bunch of people who I really want to interview that I just, I've been occupied with other things, not really thinking about it. Now I'm kind of looking at how good of an opportunity this is to have some cool episodes on the podcast. So, uh, I'm going to be posting some new guided meditations with Michelle Pound and a new ebook. Uh, I'm going to be redoing my ebook actually that's on there. So if you want to get some resources, I had these meditations recorded with my friend Max, who I had an episode with. Um, <clears throat> he's a professional producer. They're honestly super good. So go ahead and sign up for the email newsletter. They're not up yet, but I'm going to send a wave to everyone who's on there with the new ones as soon as they are. So don't rush, no need to rush, but that's what's going on. Thanks for checking out this episode and I'll talk to you later.